Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, guys? Sean Rossap of Fightful.com here backstage at AEW Dynamite. And I see Brandy Rhodes, who I actually had scheduled. Brandy, you mind going ahead and. Okay, sure, sure. Last week, all across social media, it looked like you had uh, some memory loss, some cognitive issues. Is is it safe for you to be here? Are you putting yourself at risk by being in this environment? Listen, really busy. The jokes land way better with these guys. The Nightmare Collective, yeah, I wasn't scheduled for you guys, so I... Mother didn't say. I think I'm good. Thank yeah, I... Still, friend. Still, why? <laughs> I think I just joined a cult. It's the list and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. We're live. Here we are. I thought about wearing a mask. I have a spawn mask and I was going to be spawn Ross Sap. You've done that before. I have. I didn't want to go to the well too many times, but you know, it, mm-hmm. it's like it's like when a band has a single that they know is going to be a hit, but it's too early in their cycle. Like nobody knows who they are, so they re-release it later. Uh-huh. A lot of that stuff we could probably redo. We could probably do. Fightful has it locked down again, <laughs> and, and people wouldn't. People. You're right. They wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, you look. Almost the same, almost like you've got your long hair still in a ponytail. It's only a little bit of the hairs on the side are kind of getting a little loose. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get those tapered down a little bit. I, I did it a little bit today, but I just wanted to see how it laid after I washed it and all that stuff. But 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully somebody that maybe didn't even know who the hell I was or didn't know why I was growing out my hair saw that video and maybe the video of why I explained why I grew out my hair and it'll motivate them to donate their hair too. Awesome. Well, uh, kudos to you for doing that. Uh, give us a quick summary of your trip to Cleveland and how it was. You got the Moxley interview and, and all that. How yeah. did all that go? Well, I'm going to do... I don't know if I'm going to do a special podcast on FightfulSelect.com, subscribe today, or if I'll roll it into the the backstage report on Monday, but I'm going to give a full rundown on all that stuff. It's going to be an AEW-heavy Fightful Wrestling Weekly next week and backstage report. But I went to Cleveland, took a bus to Cleveland. That was an experience, first time doing that. Uh, Didn't get any sleep before that Moxley interview, as anybody who watches it can tell. I was dead tired, met Carlos there. Uh, who's been with us since the start, got the Moxley interview. And it's funny because you kind of mentioned off the air, Moxley's kind of hard to get stuff out of. I've been getting like Moxley stands that are like, hard to believe he got that much out of Moxley. Are you kidding? Really, yeah, which shows you like what kind, unless it's Jericho or yeah. Ken, fresh off of like some grievance, it it is not easy to get stuff out of him. No. I would say that I probably have the most uniquely upbeat John Moxley interview that there is. Like he was he was very happy. Like he was he was just he's very happy where he is right now. Uh did that and then the next actually I I got three more interviews as well. Gregory Irons who some or Gregory Iron who some may remember as the wrestler with cerebral palsy that CM Punk endorsed during his uh, run his run at the top and uh, got Josh Prohibition, who some people might remember from the cover of the Backyard Wrestling video game on PlayStation 2 way back in the day, and uh, Marino Tanaglia, who's AIW World Tag Team Champion. I like to, when I'm in places like this, get a lot of independent interviews as well. Then we did the skit on Wednesday. I went there at 6 p.m., um, they got me past security. I was there. Uh, Joey Janela saw me and specifically said, tell your boss I'm not giving you dirt anymore. No more dirt from me as yeah. I stand three feet away from Brandy Rhodes, yeah. which I thought was funny. I don't think that he's ever given me that much dirt outside of him saying he didn't call the and didn't want to press charges. But, yeah, we, we did it. it. We did the run through a couple times, and then we did the take. Sick Nick Mondo filmed it, which I, I as a teenager, I was watching do like death matches and stuff like that is filming me getting my hair sawed off. That's that's kind of surreal, too. When she was doing it, it might as well have been up here. It felt like she was sawing all the way up my hair. It <laughs> yeah. felt like it went on for 30 seconds. It, I don't want to say traumatic because it was a positive experience, but the feeling of having somebody <laughs> saw your hair yeah. and you can hear it in your in like in your own head, yeah, you yeah. can hear them sawing on your hair. That was unlike anything that I'll ever experience. And literally, the only person that could relate to me was Melanie Cruz, who's a part of the Nightmare Collective, and she's like, "Yeah, it's creepy." Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, that was that was cool. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, when this thing came together, uh, Sean and I talked about this today. When this thing came together, I knew that the anti-AEW people out there on social media, I knew that they were going to hate it. No, I I just want to – there's a reason I'm talking about this. I knew they were going to hate it. I knew they were going to jump on it. I told Sean, uh, don't just ignore it. 
you can't win in this situation. And I told Sean, even mm-hmm. if it had to been WWE that had a, that we had to done something with for this, then the anti WWE people would have jumped all over it and said that Sean yeah. was biased. You can't win with those people, so so uh, we don't worry about that kind of stuff. This was not about AEW. Yeah. Uh, but although I'm very appreciative that they that they uh, were willing to work with us on this, this was about doing something for a charity that Sean believes in, and mm-hmm. that's what it was about. And we wanted to do something unique and fun. We talked to I talked to Bruce Beefcake's wife. We thought about doing that. This opportunity came up, and we, and, and uh, they were on board. I just want to yeah. say that they, by the sounds of it, what you told me, yes. Bruce Beefcake's wife made it seem like. Hell yeah, let's do it. And quite yes. frankly, I was I thought that he would try to carny us, and that was not the case no. at all. No, not she was matter of fact, she said uh she said uh in terms of like compensation, just take us for dinner. That's what Bruce yeah. Peepcake's wife said. They were they were very cool about it. Uh but this opportunity came up and we just thought it'd be kind of neat to do something kind of a little bit more with today's wrestling landscape. Yeah. That's why we did it. Now I wanna say something about the charity. Uh and Sean doesn't even know what I'm about to say. So I want to say something about the charity. So Sean's intention had been, and I wrote it down so that I don't uh, screw it up. I got it on uh, the list of Jimmy Van. <laughs> Sean's intention was to donate his hair to Wigs for Kids, F-O-R, for Kids in Cleveland, Ohio. On a- I don't know if it's Cleveland. It's somewhere in Ohio. I looked it up. It said, it said Cleveland. I looked up oh, their, their Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on AEW's Twitter page, when they when they tagged the charity, when they posted that video, they tagged Wigs Four Kids, number four kids mm-hmm. in Michigan. Uh, and I said to Sean, uh, "What's the actual charity that you were intending to donate this to?" And he said it was the one in, in Cleveland. Yeah. And I thought, "Oh crap!" So they they accidentally tagged the wrong one. So here's what I'm going to do, Sean. I completely forgot, and I know some people are going to watch this and say I'm full of shit, but I'm not. I forgot that when we first talked about this idea, I had suggested financial compensation. Yeah! Right? This is before the beefcake thing and before the AEW thing. Sean, at one point, was thinking, maybe I won't cut my hair because I kind of like it long now. So we were talking about, what would it take for Sean to cut his hair? And (laughs) Sean, Sean has suggested, I think, five grand was what we had talked about. And we talked about, okay, we'll give some of it to Sean. We'll give some of it to the charity. I forgot all about it because, like, this AEW thing came up, and I paid the trans to get Sean there, although it wasn't very much. But I paid the trans to get Sean <laughs> there. Greyhound. And and uh, and so I just forgot about it. Somebody on Twitter kind of called me out and said, hey, what about, uh, you know, Jimmy Van's promise there about the money? And I was like, I forgot. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor that $5,000 that I said I was going to pay. Uh, and I'm going to split it, and you can you can split it whatever way you want, Sean. We'll talk about it off the air. I'm going to split it between Wigs for Kids in Cleveland, Wigs for Kids in Michigan, and Sean Rossat. So we'll nice. talk off the and air, but we'll talk about how you want to do it. I will split it up. We will donate to uh, to both of them that way because I'm sure that Wigs for Kids saw all of the tweets and were like, "What? <laughs> yeah." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and um, anything that I get will likely uh, I'll, I'll donate as well to probably a local charity uh, because we we have a lot of causes that I, I like to contribute to here. And quite frankly, the thing is, when when we started this, when I did this, I, I'm not a rich dude. That may come as a shock to some of you guys. I'm not a rich dude, but uh, if like for example, the the booking that I have WrestleMania week, I said I'll do it if you all donate a booking fee to a charitable cause. When I wrestle any matches, that is immediately given to another cause. The only income that I get is from Fightful.com, and that's how I want to keep it. But if I can leverage 
whatever it is that people recognize out of me and am able to raise money for a good cause, I, I want to do that because uh, that that's a, a good way to give back in, in my estimation. And there were times when I needed help and a lot of people helped me and I want to be able to do the same thing. I encourage you guys, if you all want another charity to kind of look at, Elijah Burke's Love Alive charity. I interviewed him several years ago and hearing how much he cared about what he was doing. That's that's the first thing that I heard that made me think, oh, become a little bit more charitable in that regard. That guy is always uh, taking donations, but at the end of the day, when he's out there feeding homeless, he's swiping his debit card at the end of the day. Mm. So um, I, I encourage you guys to make sure you do your research on the charities as well. Make sure you find out where the donations are going because there are some that, that aren't so great, but Jimmy, A-plus move. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk about it off the air, and then you can reach out to both charities, and we can uh, we can arrange for them to get that. I want to talk about a couple of things quick before we get to the big, biggest, probably the biggest news story of the week. Uh, first, I want to send uh, best wishes to Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah. He, he posted this on Instagram last night, which would have been uh, January 30th. Uh, oh, boy, I hope I can read this. He said, uh, goal for 2020 and beyond, wear more sunscreen. Basal cell carcinoma removal scheduled soon. Uh, and then you see there he's got a little uh, little thing on his shoulder, and he's got some stitches in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not uh, too knowledgeable about different types of cancers, but uh, from what I understand, it's not serious. He found it early as well, I think. So best wishes to Bret Hart, a second round of cancer, and uh, he caught them both early, so good for him. Uh, the other thing I want to do is I want to send condolences to the family of Hercules Ayala. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people aren't going to know who he is probably. I'm very familiar with Hercules Ayala because uh, he wrestled at one time for international wrestling out of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I saw him on television regularly. I think I saw him live twice. And so I'm very familiar with Hercules Ayala. He just passed away on uh, January 22nd from a heart attack at the age of 69. He lived in Alberta because he worked for Stampede, met his wife in Alberta, and so when he retired, he continued living in Alberta. He was a massive star for years in Puerto Rico. He battled Carlos Colon for the WWC title for years, and uh, and yeah. again, again for me, very recognizable wrestler for me. So uh, Our writer, uh, Carlos Toro, who's from the islands, a little bit shaken up over that. He's... he's uh... A historic name over there. Yes, yes. Yeah, and again, I watched him for years in the uh, mid-to-late 80s. So uh, my condolences to his family. Okay. I um, just wanted to remind people, my God. Well, as, as, I, as I do this, just want to say, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a Super Chat. We'll do that. Um, I've got a Q&A field up on Fightful Select right now. If you subscribe right now, you'll get those questions in before I film it after this show. Tim Travers says... Almost a year, still growing my hair. Thanks, SRS. I appreciate you, Tim. Thank you so much. Thank you for for promoting us and supporting us so much. And then Throwback27, who has donated something like, I don't know, $500 in Super Chats this week alone, just sent another $200 Super Chat and said, thank you, Sean, for paying it forward. Cancer sucks. Best wishes to Bret Hart. Uh, This guy... uh, lost a family member to cancer and what he, he's really really supporting fightful quite frankly in this I've, I've said hey man hit me up and i talked to him a little bit about it personally a plus dude is throwback 27 i'm gonna uh if you want your twitter handle put out there let me know and i'll, I'll put you over on twitter but thank you so much and yeah best wishes to bret hart fortunately 
it, there's no fortunate cancer. No. But he, he's lucky that he caught it, and yes. it looks like everything's going to be okay. Yep, it does. Yep. So uh, so good for Bret Hart. Uh, all right, we've got to talk about the big WWE shakeup. Next Thursday, I think the conference call is going to be a sellout, Sean. Well, yeah, I mean, Jimmy, I appear on AEW, and the WWE stock crashes. Just <laughs> boom. Yeah. George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. Vince is like, you didn't get him? <laughs> fired. So yesterday, January 30th, uh, kind of late in the day, you know, mid to late afternoon, WWE issued a press release. Uh, we've got the top part of it. I, I didn't put the whole thing because it's too long to put on the air. But uh, Camilla, put up the top part of that press release that I sent you. WWE announces management transition. And then the first paragraph announced that co-presidents George Barrios and Michelle Wilson will depart the company effective immediately and will no longer serve on its board of directors. Frank Riddick is going to serve as a member of the board, uh, reporting to Vince McMahon, interim chief financial officer. If you go down to the very last paragraph, uh, this is a quote from Vincent Mann. He said, I'm grateful for all that was accomplished during their tenure, but the board and I decided a change was necessary uh, as we have different views. And to me, this was key on how best to achieve our strategic priorities moving forward. And to me, those key words were important, strategic priorities moving forward. So, Sean, you know I love this stuff. Yeah, and, and this, so... this is, is going to be a Jimmy-heavy segment because oh, yeah. you're, you're a little more um, – I'll say this. You're swimming in in the depths of the pool that you're kind of used to there. I'm a little bit out of my depth in that regard. I'm excited to to hear what you have to say about this. I got a lot of information. And and first off, I have not seen the Q4 numbers. So next Thursday, I don't know what day that is, Thursday, February 6th, they're going to be announcing their Q4 2019 earnings. Uh, Very obvious this is a correlation. Very obvious. And so uh, I have a few thoughts about it, and uh, I actually got a message on Twitter from someone saying, is it because of talent contracts? Is it because of Edge's new deal? Is it because they're owed Saudi <laughs> money? No. has nothing to do with any of that stuff. I think that when Vincent Mann said strategic priorities, uh, I think of two things. Number one, network subscriptions. Number two, international TV. And I think that those are the two things when they announce their Q4 earnings next Thursday. Those are going to be two spotlights, network subscriptions and international TV. And so I'm going to, I'm going to dig into this a little bit. So back in October, they released their Q3 numbers. And at that time, they reported that the number of average paid network subscribers fell 9% year over year, meaning 9% from Q3 2018 to about 1.51 million subscribers. At that time, during the Q3 call, they forecasted that the number of paid subscribers in Q4, which is the number that they're going to be announcing next Thursday, was going to be 1.43 million, a 10% drop year over year. That was what they forecasted. My first hunch is they're going to come in below that. Uh, and, yeah. and, and here's here's my thinking on it. Um, something else related to the Q3 press release back in October. This is a quote from George Barrios. He said, quote, in the quarter, we accelerated strategic investments to support our content creation. So what he basically said was we're going to spend more money on content. That means dot com to a lesser degree. It mostly means WWE Network. So we're going to yes. put we're going to put more money into content. And then they probably missed their projections in terms of uh, uh, average uh, uh, paid subscribers for the quarter. Now, another thing about this is that George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, too, they were integral in the decision to not only launch the network, but to put the pay-per-views on the network. 
yeah. they were integral in making that decision. If people think that 74-year-old Vista Bay, with all due respect to him, if they think that on his own he had the know-how or the knowledge to make decisions like that, he didn't. He leaned heavily on people like George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. Well, they to be have, fair, he, he was 68 then, Jimmy. Fine, fine. <laughs> uh, but they effectively killed their pay-per-view business. Because their belief was that they were going to get the network. I can't recall what their initial uh, expectations were. I think like three, four million subscribers is what they were hoping for by a certain period of time. Uh, so they thought we're going to more than make up for the loss of pay-per-view. And now they haven't. Now they're going backwards. I uh, forgot. Was it was that nationally or worldwide? Worldwide, I think. I think worldwide. Man, yeah. the fact that they don't have that. No. The, the fact that they don't have that I think is so much on them and the lack of any guidance in, in that time period, the, up until, quite frankly, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I can't think of a time that was solid as far as continuity and treating your fans with respect for watching your show. Maybe SmackDown in, after the draft in 2016, that's really it. I can't think of a, another time consistently where you were rewarded for paying attention to the show and, and wanting to keep up with it. Well, something else that was as, that was uh, talked about as part of the Q3 earnings uh, in the press release was that they hadn't yet at that time renewed their TV deals in India and in MENA. And when I say MENA, I mean Middle East, North Africa. They refer to that as MENA. So at the time of the Q3 earnings, they had not yet renewed those deals. Those are two major markets for them, especially India. There's expectations that India should be their number two market behind the U.S. when it comes to rights fees. So I'm questioning. Now, here we are at the end of January. They haven't announced new deals yet. Uh, and so what I'm wondering is they, have, they still don't have new deals. And the India deal, I think, is up soon, if not already up. So either they haven't announced the deals yet or they did sign them and they signed them for less money than anticipated. And yeah. so, again, maybe when the Q4 earnings are reported, that's going to be another thing people are going to look at because they looked at it during the Q3 earnings. Either there's nothing signed or it's signed for less money. And so, uh, and so this move was made. Now, the elephant in the room for WWE, and this is obvious, is creative drives the machine, right? Creative drives the machine. Television ratings, network subscribers, live event attendance, merchandise sales, all of it, creative drives it. And yes. we've talked about it on this podcast. Creative's been flawed for 15-plus years. Uh, we've talked about it. Everything from the same matches over and over. I even saw Dolph Ziggler posted on, uh, on Twitter. Oh, look, they're doing the six-man tag again on well, SmackDown this week. Did he say that on Twitter? Because the thing is, last week— he was making fun of people that were saying that. Like, okay, well, he it it came off like he was making fun of it. No, no, no. Last week he he was trolling people, saying, "Oh my God, same matches every week. This is why WCW will always be number one." P.S. Oh, okay. This is the first time ever match. So when they announced that again yesterday, right. I screenshotted that tweet and posted it right over that announcement because okay so yeah, i think the, that's what it's, i saw it's the, yeah it's the first time ever till you do it a hundred times and that's been one of the issues is the same matches over and over again humberto getting a shot at the title over and over again like the, this has been problem number one 50 50 booking has been an issue they have been unable to create any legitimate box office stars in 10 15 years they have not been able to create any yeah. those issues are not a george barrios issue they are not a Michelle Wilson yeah. issue. Those are a Vince McMahon issue. Yes. Uh, specifically. Specifically. Yeah. Uh, for example, the two times I remember being most interested in wrestling, 
turn of the century, turn of the decade. 89, 90, when I first became a wrestling fan, strong tag team division, demolition, rockers, yada, yada. Same thing 10, year, 10 years later. I got an interview coming up with Kevin Thorne where he remembers walking into Vince's office when there was a team between he and Tomko. It sounds like a pretty imposing tag team. Sounds like the kind of team that he would like. Vince goes, no, fuck that. I don't want tag team stars. Okay. Well, you got a team that's about to leave right now because they won't emphasize the tag team division. You got a guy there who specifically wants to throttle his own company's marketability because he refuses to promote one of the aspects of his show that could be heavily promoted. He also doesn't want anybody to be bigger than WWE on the marquee. He doesn't want Steve Austin versus The Rock. He wants a couple of guys at WrestleMania. That's what he wants. That's what you've heard forever. He wants WWE to be what attracts people. And quite frankly, that, that doesn't do it. People want to go see stars. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's basically the exact same thing in the UFC. If they have... I'm not going to mention any bottom feeder fighters, but if they have you know somebody that's not a big draw at the top of the card, they're not going to do well on pay-per-view. If you have Conor McGregor at the top of the card, you're going to do well on pay-per-view. Stars always uh, equate to bigger business. And yeah. here, here, here's a hard, cold fact. Next Thursday, February 6th, when they announce their Q4 earnings, they will report record revenues because Q4 was the first quarter that the Fox deal and the USA deal kicked in. That means that they will report record revenues, and yet they still decided to fire the co-presidents. That means that they were down and probably down to a serious level in, yeah. key, in key metrics. And George Barrios and Michelle Wilson are the scapegoats. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. They're going to be because at least Vincent Mann's going to be able to try to address these problems and kind of put the heat on them. Uh, and I, I can't recall his exact quote again, something about you know a difference when it comes to strategic priority. That's going to be the message, I think. Uh, and so what I want to know is where the network subscription is going to be at. They've re- they projected 1.43 million average paid. I think they're going to be under. We'll see. Where are they at with the India TV deal? Where are they at with the Middle East TV deal? Uh, so and then we'll see. We'll see what happens. My question, because you know I ain't, I ain't that hip to the, the stock market and how that will bounce and recover, I definitely encourage people to check out uh, Fightful Alumni Brandon Howard Thurston's coverage. Jesus, man, that guy is all over it. After the quarterly results, depending on what what happens, will the stock go up? Will it go down? Will it plat? Will it stay where it is? It's funny you say that. So I have a financial advisor, and uh, we didn't even mention the stock. The last I looked, the stock was down about twenty two percent. It was uh, at around forty nine bucks. It had been at sixty two dollars before the news hit. So I called my financial advisor after hours last night uh, when the news broke. It was at forty five bucks. Called my financial advisor, told him the story because he doesn't know anything about wrestling. Mm-hmm. Told him the story, and I and I said to him, "So should I get in like first thing tomorrow? Should I get in at forty five? He said, uh, "He he said, from my experience, when you let go of your president or co-presidents a week before your earnings report, there's definitely something that the market probably knows, or there's something that you obviously know." Uh, and he said, if I was you, I'd wait. He, and he told me straight up, he said, in the morning, meaning this morning, it's going to go up because a lot of people are going to buy because yeah. it's down. So he said it's going to go up, but he predicted it's going to plateau, and then uh, you might want to wait until the earnings report. So I waited, 
and it went from 40, uh, 45 up to $50, but it since has gone back down. Last I looked, I think it was around okay. 48 and a half. Uh, I'm going to write it out. I'm going to write it out, and and uh, I think before next Thursday, we're going to start to hear a buzz a little bit. I think about what uh, what they're expecting on on certain key metrics. But uh, yeah, I think the network subscriptions are going to fall far short of projections, and so we're going to have to see: is the revenue going to be enough for Wall Street, or are they going to look at it like you're a one trick pony? Your TV rights fees is all you have that's going up. Everything else is in the toilet, and then maybe it'll negatively affect the stock. So I'm going to write not it a out. Lot, not a lot of live events at in the near future either. Now here's the funny thing about that. You know, I talked to all these people that are being thrown limited dates, limited dates. Looks like everybody's on limited dates right now. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. There's not a lot of house shows and quite frankly, they don't need them that much. They, no, they don't need them that much. I mean, I look at it like to me, the only thing live events are for is to let guys test new shit. Yeah. Uh, and also let guys hone their craft a little bit. Why, why don't they do more? I think they should do more like hybrid meet and greets with like maybe a match or two. Like if you set up a meet and greet somewhere, bring a damn ring, have a couple matches while people wait in line to pay to meet these people. And I mean, of course, the, the revenue is not going to be insane, but you know what? You don't have to bring an entire crew there either. You might be able to get a net positive on that type or, or like – you might be able to get some positive income on something like that if you're bringing a skeleton crew and five wrestlers to meet some fans at at just out in the middle of nowhere, wherever the hell they do those things. Yeah, I mean, that, that's essentially fan access, but I guess a toned down or watered down version well, yeah, of fan access. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah. I, I mean, live events are toned down WWE Raw is what they are. But the thing is, you're bringing dozens of wrestlers there. Mm -hmm. You're bringing dozens of crew members there. Mm -hmm. You're even bringing people to to film these because they film them for insurance purposes. Like it, you can make money doing these other things. I've seen the lines for people like Becky Lynch at these these meet and greets and all that stuff, and people that are showing up four or five hours ahead. Like I I see it all over the place. Do do the things that the fans want you to do and are willing to pay to do. And it's obvious they're willing to pay. And I, I think they could probably make a little bit of money there based on just preliminary uh, thought process. But, oh, man, the, the schedule's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, if it was me, if, if I was Vince McMahon, I would still do live events. I would not do four a week. I would do one or two a week, and I would do it for two reasons. The first reason is a lot of the guys still enjoy them because of the freedom. Uh, yeah. And the second reason I would do it again is so that if I if I have new call ups, they can get used to working in front of crowds. Uh, if guys want to test out new moves, if guys are coming off injury, anything like that, it gives them the opportunity to perform in front of a crowd. So I I would still do live events, but I think doing four a week plus when they have pay per views, guys are on the road five six days a week. There's no need for it. The, the guys are tired, they're injured, they're burned out. There's no need for it, but I would absolutely still do a couple of weeks. Seven, seven scheduled for February. Seven right. house shows. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, and, and I love it. And the funny thing is, is they're fine financially because all their money's coming from TV anyway. Yeah, you know. So, okay, let's talk about the Royal Rumble. I got to oh, tell boy. you, Sean. I got to tell you, this day and age, because there are so many shows. For me personally, and and you can tell me if it's the same with you, but for me. It's hard to think about memorable matches and memorable moments this day and age because there's so many shows. Like, if you were to ask me, hey, what was the main event of WrestleMania 
you know, 29, I got to really think about it. Yeah. You know, because there's been so many. Whereas if you ask me, what was the Wrestle- uh, the main event of WrestleMania 6? I know it like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being said, I thought that the men's Rumble match was arguably top five best all time. I loved it. I loved the story of it. I loved the way they, they played it out. I thought Brock Lesnar was phenomenal in his role for the first half of the Rumble. I loved it. I loved how he acted when every new guy came out. Uh, I love the fact that we got to see him in there with guys that you never get to see him in there with. It was it was fun for me. I loved that the right guy won uh, because uh, there's a lot of speculation that Roman Reigns was penciled in and then they recognized that McIntyre was over and they pivoted. That was the right guy at the right time. I loved Edge's return. The emotion on his face, man. Boy. Loved it. I loved it. When you can see it. Right. Yeah, because they miss a spear. Yep. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I, I love the emotion on Edge's face. I love the interaction with Randy Orton. Randy Orton was hilarious when he got eliminated and then he looks up at Edge and he goes, meh, and then turns around and walks away. I thought that was just one of the best rumbles in years. Uh, like I said, I'd probably call it top five all time. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, what did you think about it all? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I don't, I don't even necessarily think Drew had to win once he eliminated Brock, but – this this is the season, and yep. this is the type of match where you can pivot and go to the right thing. I love the build of Brock. I, yep. I had some people that didn't like some of the quick eliminations. I thought it was good. Yeah, I love Brock it. is probably going to be around for a while. He's the kind of guy that can do exactly what he's doing mm-hmm. into his mid to late 40s, and I don't have a problem with it. I do have a problem with him having the title all the time when he doesn't need to be on TV, but... Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was good, and I thought it made him look great. I love the hope spot with Ray, Kofi, and Big E because I do think that there is eventually money in a Kofi-Brock uh, rematch down the line. But I got to tell you this. So I wrote down on my list, and, and we'll get to this in a minute because I'm going to show you something else first, but I wrote on my list three things about the Rumble that I didn't like because they can't be perfect, especially when you're dealing with an hour-long match and, and with 30 guys. Three things I didn't like. One of the things, and I'm going to mention now because of what you just said, I hated that when Big E ran out, that he rallied Kofi and uh, yes. Rey Mysterio first. I was waiting for Big E to get in there and him and Brock to go one-on-one. That's what I was <laughs> waiting for. And as soon as he stopped to rally those two guys, I was bummed by that. I wanted to see Big E and Brock one-on-one, even if for a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I would love to see that as well just because – Everybody knows that Big E is the type of guy that can be a world champion, especially on like a Fox brand. Like the guy's so entertaining and and charismatic and he can do it in the ring and he can put on exciting matches. 
I, I agree with that, but also I liked it because he was being a smart baby face. He was like, I got these two buddies. Mm-hmm. Let's get in there. Let's get this guy out of the ring. And they made Brock look like a million bucks. And, you know, sometimes Brock doesn't need help looking like a million bucks, but they still did it anyway. And it added to the drama of the match for me. And eventually, eventually they got to go to Kofi Brock too. Even if Kofi doesn't win, Mm -hmm. there has to be like him doing better. And there's, there's story to be told there and there's emotion there. And the same with Big E kind of, you know, not the bigger brother because he's younger than Kofi, but the bigger brother Mm -hmm. helping out his and, ah, man, the New Day are just so good, and I, I want them to have these stories told. Going back to Drew McIntyre, so one of our viewers sent me this on Twitter. Uh, his hashtag is at Yurdishags. He filmed this at a bar in Glasgow, Scotland called Walkabout. Uh, he filmed this immediately after McIntyre eliminated Roman Reigns over the top to win the Royal Rumble match. I want to show you this to give you an idea of how the locals in uh, in Scotland felt about this. So, Camillo, put up that video. That was awesome. Uh, Drew McIntyre spotted that footage as well and commented on it. And see how packed that place was, Sean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I thought he was the right guy at the right time. And Real uh, transcends, man. Like, I have a whole lot of my casual wrestling fans, fr- fan friends that will ask me about the Royal Rumble and their Royal Rumble watch parties. It's, it's a special show. I agree. I agree. Now, uh, Edge... Uh, I loved what they did on Raw. I loved it. The only negative I had, and it's it's nitpicky, but the only negative I had is that he stayed down for what felt like an eternity of one RKO. It's the only yeah. thing I didn't like, and his eyes were wide open too, and I, I get it. He, he's coming back from a neck injury, but only thing yeah. I didn't like is I wish Randy had done more than one RKO to have you know your former eight-time world champion laying on the mat for what, for what felt like 20 minutes. Outside of that, I love the whole thing. I love the whole thing. I loved Orton coming out, suggesting they get back together. Edge, you know a lot of that emotion was real. Yes. Just like at the Royal Rumble because he and Randy Orton were legitimately close and are legitimately close. So the emotion on his face, he was tearing up. That was real. Uh, and for Orton to suggest when they get back together, drop him with the RKO. I loved it. Uh, it was the best usage of Randy Orton in years, I think. And, it was so uh, emotional. So good. It was, it was fantastic. And... Uh, uh, it's on the books for WrestleMania. The only thing I'm hoping, I'm hoping Vincent Mann doesn't uh, doesn't pull the trigger on put him on the Saudi show first because <laughs> you never know with Vincent Mann, and yeah. you know he's willing to give big paydays for that show. And maybe Edge is thinking those are valuable shows to them, though. I mean, they might not be valuable shows to the viewing audience. Yeah. But, and and to be fair, like at the last one, what was the last one? Super Showdown, Crown Jewel, or was Crown Jewel? You did have. Brock versus Kane there, and that was was a hyped hyped show. I mean, they dedicated the the main segment of UFC or SmackDown on Fox's debut to that. Then they had a title change there. Then they had the first women's match there. They uh, gosh, didn't they have another title change? I thought maybe maybe not. I don't recall. But, uh, 
there were there were at least a few interesting things on that show that you you probably could should Tyson Fury Braun Strowman that's, that's what right it was. that's right that's right yeah I mean I I understand and I understand that the Saudis might might ask for Edge now that they know that he's back but uh, I really hope they hold off for Mania that's what your viewers want they yeah. want to see Edge's first match back at WrestleMania and uh, I want to see what he's got in him I mean physically you know he looks really really good. Yeah. But I want to see what he's got in him. I want to see what kind of risk he's willing to take. It reminds me very much of Daniel Bryan's comeback, and uh, but different, you know, concussion versus uh, neck surgery. But uh, I'm, I you, want to see what he's got. So you want to know what's interesting? There's one ingredient missing from a Saudi Arabia TLC reunion, Jimmy. Christian, if he gets back in the ring, and I had people saying, I don't know that he... Now, I, I should specify, don't quote me on this, but... I talked to people in WWE that implied like, yeah, he doesn't really hasn't really taken many of the steps to determine whether or not he could get into the ring type of thing. Like it very much seems like a him decision at this point. I'm not saying that it was his decision to retire. He had a concussion, but mm-hmm. you know, lot, crazier things have happened because uh, Bully Ray can do whatever he wants, probably based on him being on the bump and all that. Devon's mm-hmm. under contract. You best believe they would do a TLC in Saudi Arabia if they could get away with it. And if they could be like, hey, Matt, listen, I know that we've <laughs> treated you like trash. Right, and... right, right. But, uh, yeah. Um, th- I think there's... that would be a car wreck. They'd all be laying in the, on course. the mat. <laughs> of course it would. But they did Goldberg versus Undertaker. And that was a trash fire. Yeah. But ultimately, Edge looks happy. And this, this yeah. surprised me a little bit because when you watch his DVD, you see him kayaking and just hauling, like, firewood in Asheville, North Carolina. He seemed happy, almost as happy as John Moxley seemed in my interview with him. It's up on Fightful right now. I'm going to have a ton of articles from it. Then I'm going to have a big long form article that kind of covers everything, but uh, we're going to show you a quick little clip, but check it out. Probably the happiest interview I've seen John Moxley do. Check it out. It it doesn't feel like I'm uh, clocking in for work or being told like, here's what you got to do. Go do this. Uh, if I come do like today, like a media day, like today, it feels like something I want to do. Something I'm like, like yeah, for sure. Like I'll come in a day early and promote the product because yeah. I'm passionate about the product. It doesn't feel like a job. And you know, it's that uh, it's that energy from the fans that just keeps you even when you're on a freaking boat for four days. I had so much fun. I couldn't wait to wrestle every night because it was just. I love that. Uh, I love that feeling. You know, I love just the process. I just love wrestling. Yeah. I love the process, just getting warmed up. You know, thinking of ideas to do, feeling the freedom of being go out there and do whatever you want, and uh, just kind of. Uh, I feel like I'm 18 right now, just wrestling every day. You know, my point of bringing up the boat was that it was like all these people are on their vacation, or whatever. But like for me. Every day is a fucking vacation. I get to wrestle. <laughs> I get to wrestle for a living, you know. Yeah. So I don't need to go to the Bahamas to have a vacation, you know. I'm in. I'm here on Cleveland. I'm on vacation, you know. Ooh. And next week in Huntsville, I'll be on vacation. And Tokyo, I'll be on vacation. It's a great. It's a great life. Yeah, I was all too happy to get the headline. Every day is a fucking vacation to me. Out of that one. Um, Power of leaving WWE, I guess, Jimmy. Uh, we're going to have more articles out of that. He talks about his finishing move. He mentioned Edge coming back. We talked a little bit about AEW and New Japan, and he joked that maybe Shota Umino will give him a, 
a payday whenever he's old and needs somebody to coast off of. He talked about being smothered by a bag mm. at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he explained why he changed his finishing move, which is an interesting story that we'll have up. Um, it's funny because, quite frankly, I when I did that interview, I was like, man, I didn't get a lot out of him. And Jimmy was too. And I've got Moxley Stan accounts that are tagging me, and they're like, wow, I can't believe he got so much out of him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, okay. As long as you guys like it, I'll trust the stands. But uh, right now, I'm going to trust our super chats. Um, somebody said, or SM says, thank you. I've been listening to you since pre-Fightful. You are a stand-up dude. You got a good dude in Jimmy. Go subscribe to Select, folks. Thank you so much, SM. Uh, FightfulSelect.com. Boy, do I got it. I've got... Probably, I probably got an hour worth of Q&A questions to film right after this, and it'll be up tomorrow. Alex's Sour Graps reviews, one of the hottest shows on, on our select network right now. It's doing great. Uh, the Backstage Report next week is going to be a very fun one if you're into AEW because, hey, Jimmy, I met one of your friends there. I'll talk a little bit about that, too. I'm going to uh, walk you through the backstage experience at AEW and talk about the John Moxley interview, the Christopher Daniels interview that I had uh, ahead of this show as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, FightfulSelect.com, quite frankly, is breaking news all the time, and I appreciate you guys that have subscribed. Uh, Demon Diva says, cancer is the worst. I've kicked its butt three times and taken it to Suplex City. No more rematches, please. SRS is a class act. Great cause and great work. Thank you to Demon Diva. Um the only woman that I've ever seen sprint in heels in my life it is miraculous, miraculous, a friend of the site. And Rob Wilkins says, proud to call Sean a friend, have family over, but wanted to stop by and say very proud of what Fightful has done and bringing attention to fighting cancer. Thank you so much, Rob. We appreciate you and your great photography skills as well. Have you ever seen any of his photoshops? Yeah, I've seen them here and there on Twitter, I think. Yeah, but amazing that AEW couldn't match his photo quality. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. So we were talking about the Rumble, and I mentioned uh, the BE thing was one of the misses. Uh, for me, there was two other misses that stood out in the Rumble. And again, overall, I thought it was fantastic, but there was two other misses. The misses? First... You mean like Santina Morella? Yeah, like Santina uh, uh, Morella. Misses? Yeah. Misses Santina Morella? Yeah, no. The, the first one was the usage of Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. I despised the usage of Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. And when Keith Lee first came out, I loved the whole thing. Brock, Brock was awesome. You could read his lips. You could hear what he was saying about Keith Lee uh, and, and the standoff <laughs> between the two of them. And Keith Lee's present, Sean, he yes. really kept it together well because that was a massive stage for him. He kept it together very well. He belonged in the ring with Brock Lesnar. And I loved it. But what do you do? You've got Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. Brock Lesnar, yeah. the biggest threat, is down. And you decide to face off with each other, leave him alone so he can toss you. I hated that. They look like yep. idiots. Uh, so I didn't like that. And then the other thing, the usage of Mr. Matt Riddle, our buddy, then, former boy, Fightful there's, podcaster. There's a lot to unpack there. And uh, Ryan Satin originally reported the news about the confrontation or altercation with Brock Lesnar. Brock yeah. Lesnar came up. Slapped him on the shoulder, said, buddy, you might as well stop tagging me and shit because we will never work together again, ever. There's a lot of people that saw the video of Matt Riddle continuing <laughs> to call out Brock and said, oh, it's always been a work and it's a work. If it is, they're working all the talent. They're working the writers. They're working everybody. Might even be working Matt 
by the sounds of it. Um, quite frankly, not everything that WWE starts off with is a work. Daniel Bryan making it to the main event of WrestleMania was not a work from the start. Um, I'll say this. It is of my opinion that Paul Heyman is very smart and knows how to motivate Brock Lesnar eventually. Well, That's my opinion. But I don't like how Matt was used in this Royal Rumble at all. So anybody that's new to this to, to, to Fightful or to this podcast, back in 2016, Matt Real did a, did a weekly podcast for us. Uh, and uh, I was going back today looking at one of them because we were trying to find some st- uh, footage of him talking about Brock Lesnar because he used yeah. to talk about Brock Lesnar and Goldberg on our podcast. So I was looking for that, and I came across a clip from one of the podcasts, and it was interesting because this was when he was working in the indies and he was pre-NXT, uh, but he was making a name for himself. And as a matter of fact, the one that I watched, he was talking about how that weekend he was headed to uh, Europe to work for Progress, and he was going to be wrestling Will Ospreay that weekend. Yeah. So anyway, back then in 2016, Matt was already cognizant of the fact that his persona, which his persona in NXT, that's Matt Riddle. You know what I mean? Yes. That's that's who he is. But he was cognizant in 2016 of the fact that his persona was of a young, you know, bro, laid back, marijuana loving guy, even though even already in, in 2016, he was in his 30s. He had three kids. He was married. Now here he is. I think he's 34 now. Uh, and that's still his persona. It's not a surprise for me to hear that Vince McMahon is supposedly not a fan of Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Number one, the smoking. Vince hates the smoking. Number two, a 34-year-old with that laid-back bro type of demeanor or persona. I can see Vince McMahon not being a fan of that. And so speculation is that Matt was eliminated quickly because it was Vince McMahon sending a message uh, after the Brock Lesnar thing, which may or may not be true, but I think Matt's going to have. Uh, I think it's going to be a challenge for Matt to uh, to get over on the main roster because I question if management's going to be behind him, and it's unfortunate because the guy he's a great athlete, he's great in the ring, but I think he might need to reinvent himself a little bit to succeed on the mm-hmm. main roster. Uh, as is, I I think what we saw at the Rumble might be a sign of things to come if he stays as is, current persona, current everything. I guess we'll see you got to remember, Vince McMahon is the guy that thought he could beat up Frank Shamrock. What what people can really do, it it only is what people can really do in real fights only matters to Vince if it relates to Brock Lesnar. I think, and if he finds out that he can make money with Matt Riddle, and that people see him as a credible threat. Well, then I think that maybe Matt will have a better chance. And I had people all week saying, does Matt have heat? Does Matt have heat? Matt's going to have some degree of heat no matter where he goes because there are some people that just don't understand his personality type. True. There are times when I didn't understand his personality type. But I can tell you that Matt has never been, in my experience, like a malicious person. He knows that calling out Goldberg and Brock Lesnar can lead – to people talking for sure he can lead to i'll put it like this jimmy what was the first thing i sent you that got your attention of matt riddle when we were recruiting him for a podcast the dan hardy promo it was him talking it was him talking about dan hardy and quite frankly matt riddle was a very good albeit not always exciting mma fighter who had tough on his resume Mm -hmm. but that was the promo him talking being a funny, charismatic guy got people interested in him. 
and UFC never capitalized on it. WWE has to some degrees. You know, he's winning the Dusty Classic. He ain't getting, like, pushed down the card or anything. But until Vince is there, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go to the main roster if I'm Matt Riddle. They'll they'll he'll be dancing with No Way Jose or something. No, you're right. I mean that's exactly what's gonna happen. It's unfortunate because again he's he's picked up the business so quickly. A lot of people compared him to Kurt Angle and how yeah. quickly he's picked up the business. The guy wrestles barefoot barefoot. Uh phenomenal athlete. I think it was the match with Velveteen Dream when he was doing all this crazy shit like the gut wrench from uh, Velveteen Dream standing on the apron, the gut wrench over the top into the ring. Like he's he's very strong guy, great athlete. But again, I think he's got a lot to overcome with Vince McMahon. And and you you mentioned this, and I was just going to say this. At least he's still in the plans with NXT. Yeah. Because him and Pete Dunne just won the Dusty Classic. They're get, they're going to get a shot at the uh, NXT Tag Titles at Takeover Portland on February 16th. So he's still you know in the plans there. You know what's interesting? With that he's teaming with Pete Dunne. And if your Peter can't get it done, <laughs> you can check out bluechew.com code fightful and then you'll Peter done, all right. <laughs> and you'll your Peter'll be done whenever you want it to be. You won't be getting thrown out in 1 minute. Don't let somebody else book you. Take <clears throat> things into your own hands or maybe something else. I don't know what your plans are this evening, guys. bluechew.com code fightful. Bluechew brings you the first FDA or it's got the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's the first chewable to do that. So it gets into your system a lot faster. Everything about it's faster. It's ready when you are. And I'm not talking just about when you're trying to get your penis hard. I'm talking about when you don't want to go to the doctor, when you don't want to wait because you don't have to do those things. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew Affiliated you can take it on a full or empty stomach, so you don't have to worry about that. It's not like a swimming pool, even though you're going to dive right in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and it's delivered to you discreetly. Not everybody's going to know what you're getting. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. All you can do is pay $5 shipping. You know they believe in their product when they're willing to give it to you for free, and that's what Blue Chew is willing to do. Hit them up at BlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. I mean, Jimmy, I guess you could say I lost a few inches recently. And if, if people have a problem with you know, their inches, Bleach will make up for it. That confidence, that performance. All right. So speaking of Brock Lesnar, we talked about Brock Lesnar earlier. I yeah, want yeah. to get your thoughts on this quote, Sean. Uh, this is quite the quote. So John Cena was interviewed by SI.com. He was promoting, I think, a Super Bowl ad that he's in. And uh, here's a quote when he was asked about the Royal Rumble because he said that he was able to watch the Royal Rumble at home on yeah. WWE Network Live. And this is a quote from John Cena about the Rumble. He said, quote, I can say with the utmost sincerity that I believe Brock Lesnar is the best in-ring performer that I've seen, and I know it's an opinion. And if you want a cool quote, here it is. I think he's the best in-ring performer of all time. Your thoughts on uh, John Cena saying that? If that's his opinion, then sure. Sure, why not? Brock is up there, I would say. The thing is, if if Brock had never left WWE, I think a lot of people would look at him a lot differently because the, the things that he would do were just amazing. Like and I think that he I think he either would have pushed for a better style in the mid to late two thousands 
or he would have fallen victim to that and had to have been homogenized and quite frankly sanitized an awful lot. So it's interesting to kind of think about how that would have worked out. But if he says that, sure. I mean, at this point, Brock had his two years under his belt uh, early in his career, and now he's about eight in. Mm -hmm. You're talking about 10 years, although not consistently. He's been at the big shows. Mm -hmm. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Brock Lesnar. I think he's, I think he's a generational talent in terms of his athleticism. A guy, you know, 6'3", 280 pounds, I can fly like that. Did you see his elimination on that Claymore? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is not a lot of guys his his size can fly around like that. So it's not absurd to suggest that he's the best in ring all time. It's hard for me to say compare Brock Lesnar with Shawn Michaels and say that Brock Lesnar is better than Shawn Michaels in terms of in-ring. Hard for me yeah. to, to make that comparison. But there's no question that his athleticism is otherworldly. Yeah. You know? So, all right, so let's talk about the tentative mania card right now, the top of the card. And we say tentative because Vincent Mann could change his mind the day before. But uh, right now, the tentative card includes Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre for the WWE title, The Fiend, Roman Reigns for the Universal title, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler for the uh, uh, Raw, I guess, women's title, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair for the NXT women's title, which is very interesting. What'd you boys say on the Royal Rumble podcast? I have no idea. What did you say? That's what I said. Oh, I did said you? They, me and Jeff were talking about things, and I said, you know what? I think that uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley is the smartest way to go because you've done all the horsewomen. Yes. Need to establish somebody else that is on the horsewomen's level. You did it a little bit with Shayna Baszler, and hats off to them for that. But this is what I think they need to do. Yeah, and I I felt like Charlotte teased it because uh, on Raw she wouldn't say who she's going to challenge. She you know she was playing around with it. I think that's what they're going to do. It wouldn't surprise me if they have Rhea Ripley go out there. Like if they have Charlotte tease it for a couple of weeks without naming a cha- uh, a, a champion, and then yeah. Rhea Ripley shows up on Raw to basically say I want you kind of thing. Uh, I think that would be fantastic. They're both you know taller girls. Uh, Rhea Ripley looks like she belongs in there. So yeah. I think that I think that'd be a very interesting match. Let me ask you what you think of this. This is Rey Mysterio's idea. Mask versus hair match. Rey Mysterio Andrade for the US title. What do you think of that? They hadn't done that two hundred million times already. That would it would be a little bit more impactful. Uh, I I don't hate the gimmick idea. I don't hate that. I just wish they hadn't done that match a hundred times, which the match is good. So that's that's a benefit. Yeah, I mean, the stakes would definitely help it because having it just for the U.S. title is not enough because, like you said, we've seen it. Yeah. So, now, my only thing is I think you can't take Ray's mask off unless he retires. Yeah. So, they'd have to decide, okay, are you going to do something with Dominic or do you want Mania to be it? And if he were to decide, you know what, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm ready to call it a career, cool, well, then lose your mask. You know, but otherwise, uh, they'd have to cut the hair because I just don't see him losing the mask unless he's going to retire. I got to ask you another another quote. I love asking you about certain quotes that I find sometimes to be maybe a little <laughs> suspect, Sean. So Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels, they did this bit with BT Sport, which is, of course, their new partner in the UK. So they did a bit with them on YouTube. They were looking at past Royal Rumble moments and then commenting mm-hmm. on them. Triple H, one of the videos, this is a quote from Triple H that he said in, in, the, in uh, this thing. 
Quote, we don't tell anybody to point at the sign, meaning the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. This is what everybody wants to do. You want to have the moment that you watched when you were a fan. I heard that quote, and the first thing I thought to myself was Ronda Rousey debuting at the Royal Rumble. She gets into the ring, doesn't say one word, stands there for what felt like 25 minutes looking at the WrestleMania sign, and you want me to believe that you don't tell anybody to look at the sign. You want me to believe that. It was so blatant that we had a shirt about it, and Ronda Rousey's people— Got it pulled. Even at the Rumble, all right, when Charlotte Flair stands on the turnbuckle and points at the sign, they had that shot ready to go. Yeah. They had the shot ready to go. There's Charlotte pointing at the sign. There's the WrestleMania sign. There's the pyro behind her. Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble, points at the sign. They have the shot ready to go. Drew McIntyre in the shot, the WrestleMania sign in the shot, and the pyro in the shot. You want me to believe you don't tell people to look at the sign? One thing I hate, see, I have a lot of respect for Triple H because I feel like Triple H has his finger on the pulse of the business. I feel like Triple H is respectful of of the history of the business. Uh, He's a fan of the business. I think he also respects the place that wrestling media has and websites like us have. I have a lot of respect for Triple H. But don't say stupid shit that we know is not true. Because you're not going to make me ever believe that Ronda Rousey wasn't told to look at that, to point at that sign. And it's yeah. insulting for you to say that no one's told because that's stupid. Yeah, I agree. It was so transparent. It was. They it had was. the camera ready. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. They were absolutely told. I mean, maybe he didn't tell Ronda Rousey or, or these other people. Maybe Vince did. Maybe somebody yeah. else did. But they're damn well being told to point at the sign. Like, it's, it's very blatantly obvious. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's another thing I want to talk to you about. We have a lot of interesting stuff this week, man. It's a packed week, dude. It's crazy. And so I should actually mention, after this, go to FIFOSelect.com. We're going to do the list goes on. Have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about there. We're going to talk about injury news. We're going to talk about Luke Harper. We're going to talk about uh, more stuff about Andrade, the NWA, Raw Commentary, Killer Cross, Booker T. A lot more stuff we're going to talk about on the list goes on after this. So a couple of weeks ago, Becky Lynch is on WWE Backstage. And Becky Lynch makes a comment about how, and I don't have the exact quote, but she makes a comment about how I wish they wouldn't refer to it as the women's title, meaning her, her championship. I wish they would just call it the WWE title. And this is what Becky Lynch mm-hmm. said on WWE Backstage. Right on the heels of that, it's been reported by PW Insider that WWE is planning to, to uh, stop making the NXT women's title gender-specific and just call it the NXT championship. My question for you is, did Becky Lynch say that because she knew they were going to do that in NXT? Or do you think it was just coincidence or maybe WWE decided, that's an interesting idea, let's try it with the NXT title first. What do you, how do you think that, that worked? I think Becky is probably pretty clued into whatever's going on at this point. I think... I, I wouldn't say it's like – I don't want to compare her to Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you know how they used to say the only program that Vince is worried about is Austin's? I think that he's probably got a few people, including Becky, that he knows what that, – that she knows what's going on and he knows what's going on and everybody else that kind of fills in. Right. I think that Becky's pretty clued in on most things, but that's just that's just me talking. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, we're going to see how it happens. I have no issue with it. I mean, whenever it's the men's title, they don't call it the men's NXT championship. So yeah. I, I'm cool with it. I'm cool I, with them doing it. I, I don't have a problem with it. UFC kind of did it a few years ago with the, the women's Bantamweight title. I, I Here's the thing. I like there being a little bit of difference just for the sake of clarity, and that's it. Like, 
WWE World Championship or Universe. Like, I like there being a little bit of clarity in that regard. So I think that if if Becky Lynch knew that they were going to do it with the NXT title and wants it to do wants them to do it with the, the world titles, I think that she'll kind of be clued in on that. Like, I think that if they had that plan in mind, she would have been informed. But I, I could be wrong. Right, right. All right, that's all I got for you, man. Uh, list goes on coming up. Going to talk about a lot more stuff? I guess. What else do we got? <laughs> only, else? yeah, only only one or two more things on uh, the list of Jimmy Van this week. So, action-packed week. You had a hell of a hell of a time in Cleveland, Ohio, Sean. Kudos to you for doing what you did. And, uh, and yeah, let's go, let's go to, to Fightful Select and talk some more stuff. FightfulSelect.com. I got some good stuff coming there over the next week or so. Till next time, we're out. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.